the volume. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Boxing with Chris Mannix is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, we are back inside the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Canelo Alvarez just picks up an 11th round knockout. I am here at the MGM my broadcast partner, Sergio Mora, is back in Los Angeles. Sergio, um, just give me your takeaways right off the bat. Caleb Plant gets stopped the 11th round by Canelo. Talk to me. First of all, give me some energy, man. It's, you're in Las Vegas, and I'm more excited about it than you are. Where's the energy, man? Come on, adrenaline. We had to be 11 rounds of nice boxing by Caleb Plant. I think he followed a game plan, but he wasn't winning rounds. I gave him two rounds max, and only one of them was was kind of definitive. Um, but he followed the game plan. That's what I like. He frustrated Canelo. We, we've seen some frustration in Canelo. So he just didn't do enough boxing. And I, I credit that to Canelo because that's what Canelo does. He keeps punches from punching and boxers from letting go of their hands because of the counter punching. So he kept those sweet hands silent on Caleb Plant's part. But all in all, once he got into the championship rounds, that's when champions get... Uh, uh, you know, the, the champions, the better champion wins. And Canelo obviously has fought more championship rounds in his show. Yeah, I, I, I get it that he followed a game plan. But was that game plan really to win? Like, this is my big issue. Like, Caleb Plant threw the jab a lot. Caleb Plant fought well defensively. He was actually a little bit better than what I thought he was going to be. But to beat Canelo Alvarez, Sergio... 
you have got to throw right hands. And Caleb Plant, I don't know what the final numbers were, but he threw very few and landed even less. You're just not going to win a fight against Canelo. To me, Sergio, this looked a lot like the fight we saw with Sergey Kovalev. A little bit different. Kovalev probably threw more jabs, and Plant was a little bit more defensive than Kovalev was. But this is what it kind of felt like to me, a, a Kovalev-type fight where Canelo was just waiting for that opportunity, and when he got it, he struck. And as I recall now, thinking about it, um, it was the 11th round, right, that Canelo caught Kovalev, 11th round Canelo caught Plant. Good observation, man. It's on that Kovalev and the 11th round. Yeah, both of them got knocked out uh, in the same round. But Kovalev didn't let his hands go because he he was a, he was a power puncher, a long power puncher, and the faster, more explosive puncher was Canelo. So the more power you 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 let out, the more vulnerable you are uh, to power. That's the reason Kovalev wasn't throwing him because because he was just a heavy puncher. The speed twitch muscle was on Caleb Plant's side. He wasn't letting his hands go. So, like I said, those sweet hands went silent because of the counter-punching that was coming back and the body shots, he had to keep his elbows tucked in. So, Caleb was doing enough to, to stay in the fight, to get respect, to frustrate Canelo, but he wasn't winning the fight. I, I couldn't give him more than two rounds. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, as you watch that fight and you watch the way Plant's fighting, what would you have done differently? I would have I would have banged away at Canelo's body more. I, I think I would have I would have stayed in the inside a little bit more. I, I would have tried to back up Canelo. Not not when you, Canelo backed himself up against the ropes. That was a trick. He was playing possum there. But if if uh, Caleb Plant could get in the in the middle of Canelo inside, he's the bigger man and dig away at the body just two shots at a time and then block two shots at a time and block and then wrestle around. He's the bigger man. I think he should have implemented some of those game plans instead of just boxing on the back foot, looking at uh, to pop him at the end of the jab. That wasn't enough to win rounds. He had to get on the inside and bang away at the body, keep those elbows tucked in of Canelo. That's what I would have done. Yeah, but how many times have we seen that from Canelo opponents where, you know, they, we know how they should fight, but they won't because the speed and the power coming back at them is significant. And I thought Plant did a pretty good job of tying Canelo up. He was warned by the ref a couple of times about holding a little bit too much, but he didn't allow Canelo for the first 10 rounds to really land too many big shots. But, like, Canelo... You know, I mean, you know this as a fighter, but Canelo strikes me as a little bit different that he just, he never gets phased during a fight. He's following a game plan. And the game plan might include losing two or three rounds along the way. But as long as he continues to set up his opponent and get those those finishes like we saw tonight, he doesn't care. Like, you know, you look back at his history, he's not, he hasn't won too many lopsided decisions. His, his fights are usually pretty close because he's trying to set guys up for those big shots. And that's what he did with Plant, he kept cornering him and cornering him and cornering him and finally landed the shot that was good. I think, you know, to kind of answer my own question on what Plant would do differently, I would have stood my ground and gone toe-to-toe -to -toe a little bit more. The most success Plant had in this fight was when he stood his ground, let some of those punches go, and, and scored a combination. I'm not saying he hurt him. I don't think he hurt him at all in that fight. But, you know, it, it just it felt like the only time he was effective was when he was in the middle of the ring or moving forward on Canelo Alvarez? Definitely not go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Canelo. That, that I wouldn't have done. But I, I see what you're trying to say. Kind of mix it up with him. Make it dirty. 
he should have took a page out of Andre Ward's book. When Andre Ward has difficulty landing or outboxing opponents, he makes it dirty. He stays in there with the with, with the hands up, elbows tucked in for the body to be protected, and he makes it dirty. He throws two punches and wrestles. He punches in between the in between the break. He lets the referee get involved. Those are dirty tactics, supposedly, but they work. Bernard Hopkins is a king of that. So I think that's what Killer Punch should have done with Canelo because he was already frustrating him, uh, you know, for, for nine rounds, uh, Canelo following him around. So on the inside, the bigger man should have muscled around the smaller man, and I think punch him between the break, and that, that could have added to the frustration. Made it a little bit of a Andre Ward B-Hot type fight. That's what I think Caleb Plant was missing in this fight. All right, I want to read you some of these scorecards. You give me your reaction to them. Steve Weisfeld, 98-92 Canelo. Dave Moretti, 97-93 Canelo. Patricia Morse-Jarman, 96-94 for Canelo. Which, what do you think about those cards? Like always, Steve Weissman. I think Steve Weissman, I would like to see what Bell, Steve Bell, Weisfeld, Weisfeld. I'm sorry, Steve Weissfeld's always always on point. I think he's absolutely one of the best, in my opinion. And I'm always on point with Steve Farhood. I'm curious to see what he had, but we're always on the same page. So, uh, yeah, you can't go wrong. I think two rounds is the max I could have given Caleb uh, uh, what then, what the, what, this is what it's like, what the fuck is Patricia Morris-Jarman looking at? Like, what is she watching? 96-94 Canelo? Like, come on. Who is giving it 96-94 to Canelo? Maybe the first couple of rounds, all right, you know, Canelo, we both know Canelo starts slow in fights and he loses early rounds in large part just due to inactivity. Like that first round, I don't think he threw an actual punch until the first minute and 20 seconds were over. So you you were going to lose rounds when you fight like that. But as the fight went on, I mean, I thought the ninth was close, but two, maybe three at most. It was all Canelo all the time there. I don't, I don't know what she was seeing. Uh, either, but uh, I think the other two judges. She's got the wild it card. She's the two wild round. card. In this Patricia Morris Jarman is the wild card. She always had was going to this. That's just annoying. Anyway, let's let's move on. Well, from this. I mean, um, yeah, let's, let's move on from that because you know that's objective. Whatever. Good thing Canelo made the judges uh, obsolete. One judge obsolete there. All right, let's talk about the future. Let's start with the loser though. I was saying to someone in Plant's camp right after the fight, like, do you think he retires? I mean, he's still what like. He's under 30, so he's 28, 29 years old. But it's tough, Sergio, to make $10 million and then go back to making like $750,000 or a million dollars or even a million five after that. Like we saw with Billy Joe Saunders. He made $8 million to fight Canelo last May. He has come out and said, and he's in his early 30s as well, he has come out and said, eh, I don't know if I'm going to fight again. Maybe I'll fight Chris Eubank if the money is right. What do you think is next for Caleb Plant? Like you said, it's hard to go back from $10 million to, you know, uh, 500000 because I, I don't even think his next fight is a seven-figure fight. If I'm honest with you, I would say it's more of a half-a-million-dollar fight, and they'll probably match him up with uh, Anthony Durrell, who had a, you know, knockout-of-the-year type uh, knockout with Marcos Hernandez, and that'll be a hell of a fight, which I would probably favor Durrell. I would love to see that fight. But you think Caleb Plant is going to go from Canelo to the, the, the mega fight he just had? You know, taking that many steps backwards to fight a dog like Darrell, it's not going to happen. Or another former champion or weighted spot for another title shot, it's not going to happen. From 10 million to half a million, the hunger's not there. I, I, retired's a hard, retired's a strong word. I think he'll take some time off and he'll wait and pick his spot. I mean, like, he's got options on the PBC side of the street. You could fight Darrell, as you said. 
You could fight David Benavidez, though I would strongly favor David Benavidez in that fight. Me too. I mean, you can do a lot of different things, but I, I don't know. I, I think you're right. It will be a long time before we see Caleb Plant back in the ring. So I'm going to go first on the Canelo future because he was non-committal in the ring when asked afterwards. It's time, Sergio. It is time for Canelo Golovkin three. Enough with everything else. Enough with Canelo versus Jamal Charlo. Enough with Canelo versus Dimitri Bivol. Enough with Canelo versus David Benavidez. Enough with Canelo fighting these guys who have done nothing to earn that fight. Caleb Plant, smart businessman. Got his payday. $10 million. Earned. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I'm like, Caleb Plant did not earn that fight. Did not earn no, that fight. He's a smart businessman. He had that belt. He knew Canelo wanted it. He held on to it as long as possible. And he's going to cash a $10 million check. But enough of these guys, Sergio. Jamal Charlo at 160 has accomplished nothing. Dimitri Bivol at 175 has accomplished nothing. Let Jamal Charlo fight David Benavidez. The winner of that will have a mandate to fight Canelo. Let Dimitri Bivol fight Zerto Ramirez. The winner of that will have a mandate to fight Canelo. In the meantime, how about we give people the fight that the mainstream bo- uh, mainstream fans, not necessarily the boxing fans, but the mainstream fans still want to see, and that's Canelo against Golovkin. Sergio, I'm, I'm around the NBA a lot, obviously. And when I talk boxing to people in the NBA, what comes up often is heavyweight stuff, Fury Wilder, Wilder stuff, you know, that kind of thing. But the next biggest topic is Canelo and Golovkin. Like, are they gonna fight again? Will they fight again? Yeah. And you can say, people people can say that Golovkin hasn't earned it since the Canelo fight, the second one. He fought Steve Rolls, that was an easy one. He was life and death with Derevinchenko. Then he fights Camille Zarameta. Fine, I can agree with that. But before then, he did earn it. Before then, Golovkin fought 24 razor thin rounds with Canelo Alvarez. There has not been a definitive winner in those fights. I mean, he has not, you know, I think Golovkin won the first fight, like many people did. No problem with the scoring in the second fight. Canelo did more than enough to win that fight, but there has not been a definitive outcome in that rivalry. And if Golovkin goes out and beats up on Ryota Murata in December, the time is now, May of 2022. Canelo, Golovkin 3, what are we waiting for? I will love to see that fight. Let's make that fight happen, especially if Golovkin looks like the Golovkin of old and and wipes the floor with Murata in Japan. That sets it up right there. That needs to happen next. Because one, we don't want to wait for Golovkin to turn 40 years old because that's just going to sound wrong. And, you know, of course, we want to see him against a a Charlo, a Bivo, a better Biv, but those could wait. Golovkin Why? can't wait like, any I don't. Like, I, I, I'm good. No, no. I'm, I'm good. Golovkin with, can't with wait anymore. Guys. He can't wait any longer. So I agree with you. Right. I'm agreeing with you. We can't wait any longer. No in-between fights anymore. If Golovkin has a win and a big win, impressive win against Murata, make the fight happen next. Let's end this trilogy. Golovkin's the only the only fighter out there. Let's keep it real. He's the only fighter out there that can give Canelo everything he can handle. Andrade scientifically and stylistically will give him a hard time, but it'll be similar to Caleb Plant. I think Benavidez will be explosive in a fan-friendly fight. I would love to see it, but Canelo wins. Charlo, another explosive, hell of a promotional fight. I think it does a great pay-per-view. Canelo knocks him out. I think the only man that can do do the things that 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 we want to, that we know he can do is Golovkin's because we already seen it in 24 rounds. 
I agree. And it's like we just talked about with Canelo against Plant. The only way to beat Canelo is to be willing to let your hands go. And whatever you think about Golovkin, he will let his hands go in that situation. He will throw that right hand in the middle of the ring. Canelo's got a great chin. He stood up to that two years ago. Um, he'll probably stand up to it again. But I want to see it. I'm ready. There's nothing else out there that makes any sense to me. It's just that fight. Come on, bring on Canelo Golovkin through this. Make, I want to see Canelo. And I'm recording this from the press room. Canelo has not come out yet uh, to do his post-fight press conference. But I want to see Canelo say it's time for Golovkin. Somebody should ask, do you want to fight Golovkin now? Enough with this, this, these games, these little games we play of like, let's keep him on Showtime. Let's bring him over to the zone. Eddie Hearn wants Beeble. Uh, Showtime and PVC want Charlo. Enough. There's one fight. That's it. Period. End of story. It's Canelo and it's Golovkin. Yeah, look, even though we were going to favor Canelo in the third fight, I think he I think he wins and I think he stops Golovkin in that third fight. Uh, we still want to see it. I think it's going to be like a middleweight version of uh, Riddick Bowen and Vander Holyfield. You know, the third fight, we got a decisive winner, but it was still a hell of a trilogy that was memorable. This needs to go down in history as a great trilogy. We had two close fights. We have to close that chapter. We have to, we have to, they deserve it and the fans deserve it, but it has to happen after this Murata fight. It has to. All right. All right. Canelo is the undisputed super middleweight championship. By the way, that's another wrinkle to it. If Canelo has undisputed at 168, and Golovkin at unified at 160 after Murata. It makes that fight a go. little bit more enticing. All of a sudden, Canelo Golovkin at 168, a new weight class for these two, for the super middleweight championship of the world, man. I, I, I want to see it. So hopefully we get it, Sergio. All right, Sergio, I'm actually impressed you uh, stayed sober enough to do this podcast. Uh, respect. You may now return to whatever, you know, I don't know what you're drinking nowadays. You know, probably some cheap hey, beer. Hey, listen, man, I'm, I'm two beers in. I'm about to crack my bottle of wine. You are in Las Vegas. Go get a beer, Mannix. That's what that's what lacks in your writing, some drinking. No, I'm, I know it's not. I know. By the way, for people listening, Sergio sends me these texts where he's, like, trying to offer up suggestions for headlines and stories. So do we want to go with your headline? The Great White Nope? I sell, no, your, no, no, no. White nope? I, sell, I, I sell, I sell, I sell these. I sell them, by the way. So if you're going to say it, you better give me $150. I'm not giving you $150, but I will see you next week in Southern California. Jaime Munguia, Gabe Rosado, that fight will be on the zone. That should be a great fight as well. So, Sergio, appreciate it, man. We'll do it again. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. 
We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.